Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Canadian Ruck. This is Jamie Gray. This pod is a local legend series, and we have John Lyle coming to us from Thunder Indigenous Rugby. Stay tuned. You're going to want to hear from John. It's great stuff. Everybody wants to know how we get in contact with us here at uh, the Canadian Ruck. We're on Twitter at Canadian Ruck, Instagram, the underscore Canadian underscore Ruck, Facebook at the Canadian Ruck, and our email is the Canadian Ruck at gmail.com. We're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Castbox, where you can watch, listen, Follow, subscribe, share, leave feedback. You know what to do. Just do it, please. That's all I'm asking. Last, if you're not sure where to go, just jump on our website, canadianrock.weebly.com. It's where you're going to find all our pertinent information. Well, what's going on in rugby this week? There's been a few things. Let's start off with the rugby championship. Springboks hosted Argentina today. Haven't watched it yet. No spoilers from me. Please, no spoilers directed at me. I'm going to watch that one later today. What else is going on? Well, Sansar considering rugby championship relocation. Due to COVID, the bulk of the games were set to be played in Australia and New Zealand, five each. And then uh, South Africa was hosting too. So they hosted Argentina last week. They hosted them again today. However, with more cases of COVID popping up in New Zealand, it looks like Sands are weighing different options. This weekend, the Springboks, as I said, are hosting Argentina and talks right now are quite serious about potentially shifting the rest of the tourney into Europe. Four doubleheaders are tentatively being planned for Paris, London, Dublin, and Cardiff. The original setup was based on the unrestricted travel between Australia and New Zealand, but an outbreak in New South Wales has closed this option. Four of the five matches, uh, New Zealand matches, were then redrafted to play, be played in Australia. The first match between the ABs and Springboks will be their 100th test. This will be a huge draw at any European location or anywhere in the world, realistically. Expect an announcement soon. Keep an eye out for some type of switch to be happening. Well, what else? Well, eh, Dave Rennie's pretty ticked off. He's really mad. He's bloody angry is what he said. What's happened is the Wallabies are fuming after the All Blacks pulled a pin on the Bledisloe Cup, last Bledisloe Cup test. Sorry, it's hard to say. So they're supposed to be playing on the 28th. All Blacks backed out a couple of days ago. Rennie said it's disappointing how it's been communi communicated. Our boys all found out through social media. The All Blacks were scheduled to travel to Perth, Australia on August 28th for the third match of the Blood is Slow, but that's not happening now. The Aussies are steamed, thinking this was a unilateral decision made by the All Blacks, stating they were left in the dark. Apparently, the All Blacks were talking about this with the Aussies, but the Aussies didn't find out about the final decision until it was released in the press. Rennie went on to state that he feels the All Blacks don't have the best interests of the game, by doing this and feels that New Zealand has a lack of honor with their commitment. All Blacks don't feel this was made unilateral, unilaterally and that the decision was rational and put player safety first. All right, well, what else is going on then? Well, South Africa, they issue a statement proposing solution to this melee. Well, the box have joined in on the discussion. South Africa is willing to host the rest of the championship matches. South Africa rugby CEO, Yuri Ru stated, we have advised Sanzar that we are ready and are able to host the remainder of the competition in South Africa, pending our government's approval. We are now well-versed in turning on rugby tests within the prevailing COVID restrictions and have the venues and accommodations necessary. We just need to go ahead. So South Africa is now throwing their hat in the ring. Europe's throwing their hat in the ring. They're all trying to get this rugby championship played. Lots of drama happening in the Southern Hemisphere. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. What about the Northern Hemisphere? Well, Amazon Prime is back to broadcasting the majority of the Autumn International Series. This is good news. 17 of the 20 matches of the Autumn Nation Series will be broadcasted on the streaming giants platform. 
Unfortunately, it's not been overly clear if Prime subscribers in North America will have access to the matches or only those in Europe. Keep an eye on this for more news or more news from Amazon or the autumn, for the Autumn Internationals. What else is going on? Well, this, this popped up and some of you might know her and some of you might not. Rugby racism and the battle for the soul of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Back in 1981, the Springboks were supposed to tour New Zealand. This event holds a special place in the hearts of those opposed to South Africa's apartheid laws, which were in full effect 40 years ago. This weekend marks the 40th anniversary of that first test of the South Africa tour in New Zealand. Prior to the match, something political and very moving happened. It was three weeks before the first test and it was the second game of the tour in Hamilton. Many South Africans got out of bed in the middle of the night to watch what was to be the first ever live telecast match of rugby in South Africa. However, instead of the Springboks view Alcado, viewers saw 300 fans linked arm in arm declaring they would not leave until the game was called off. Anger erupted in white South Africa. While on Robben Island, Nelson Mandela and other of his inmates were jubilant hearing of what transpired. Mandela stated it was like the sun finally, it finally had come out. In the aftermath of this display, racism took center stage as more activists asked, how can New Zealanders be concerned about racism 10,000 kilometers away and ignore it in their own backyards? Seems like a fair question to me. In the aftermath of this tour, racism was center stage and helped set Aotearoa New Zealand on the right path. Took another four years for politicians to learn from public outcries, they began investigating racism, oppression, and the injustices of colonization. Not all issues have been resolved in New Zealand as there's still a minority of people who are hostile in opposition. The civil disruption from that 1981 tour and the debate that followed benefited both New Zealand and South Africa in many ways that were not seen at the time and both countries are far better off for that experience. In light of recent discoveries of residential school victims here in Canada, I wonder how and if something like rugby can help us through as a collective people of Canada. John Lyle, who's coming up soon, we discussed this in the healing power of sport. For far too long, the First Nations people of Canada have not been treated fairly, have not been treated equally, have not been treated ethically, or in some cases as human beings. The last residential school closed in 1996, 15 years after that 1981 Springbok tour of New Zealand. How did this happen? How did this last so long? Why can we not make this right? I hope and I pray that those in power make the right decisions that help with reconciliation. Because it has far, been far too long that Canada has been such a divided country. One that has been divided in secret without the world even knowing. Well, now they see Canada for what it is. They now see our dirty laundry. What are we gonna do about it? Well, next, this is a bit of a nice start. Indigenous symbol of high honor engraved on Canada's Sevens Rugby Gold Medals. Rugby Canada reached out to Indigenous art artist Lance Cardinal from Big Stone Cree Nation and he designed the gold medals for the World Rugby Canada Seven Series that's coming up this fall. If you're on YouTube, you're going to see a nice design of them. If you're listening, make sure you Google it. These are absolutely beautiful. Cardinal stated, this is absolutely one of the best honors I've ever had in my life. I'm not even a rugby fan, to be honest. We won't hold that against you, Lance. I don't know much about the sport, but I always look at my work as an opportunity to share the culture more, to bring who we are as Indigenous people into different kinds of spaces. They're coming from all over the world. I really wanted to make sure they saw who we are, that we are an honourable people, and that we approach people with love and open arms. 
This is a beautiful design, one honoring our indigenous people of Canada. Great job, Rugby Canada, commissioning Cardinal for this design. And the Canada Sevens Tournament at Commonwealth Stadium is on September 25th and 26th. It'll be one of six stops in the World Rugby Seven Series World Tour. Great first steps here. Coming up now, though, from the Thunder Indigenous Rugby, John Lyle. All right, so welcome back to the Canadian Rock. The, uh, we're fortunate enough, we have John Lyle from Thunder Indigenous Rugby here to talk all things rugby, Thunder Indigenous style. John, welcome to the Canadian Rock. Welcome, yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so let's get a brief, brief history of the Thunder Rugby. How did it begin? Why did it begin? Tell us a little bit about the backdrop of Thunder Indigenous Rugby out there in BC. Oh, uh, sure. Well, uh, I've been a rugby player for most of my life. Uh, and uh, as I was sort of wrapping up my, my playing career, I was talking, you know, some coffee chats were, uh, with uh, Phil Mack and uh, Barb, Bobby Ross and Mark Bryant out here. And uh, we were talking about Indigenous rugby and, uh, you know, it's um, perhaps, you know, it was kind of just an idea. Well, maybe we should think of doing something out, you know, out here. As you know, rugby has a strong Indigenous um, uh, input and inspiration throughout the world, the Maori All Blacks, uh, the Fijians, Samoans, and something that um, hasn't seemed to have taken off with the Indigenous communities here in Canada. And we thought, uh, let's have a bit of fun and uh, let's do that. Let's uh, promote the game of rugby to Indigenous uh, communities. That's great. And you've got some you've got some big names there. You mentioned Phil, you mentioned Bobby there. So that's that's awesome. Phil's your head coach. Oh, and is, yeah. Bobby, is Bobby uh, like an advisor? Does he help out? What do those guys bring to your organization? We have five people on our board. So we got ourselves, you know, all tickety-boo a few years back um, with, with Phil and his sister Leah. Of, they're of Tukwat First Nation. Uh, Bobby Ross of uh, uh, Songhees First Nation. And myself, as I introduced, of a Kwakwakwak. Mark Bright, uh, an Indigenous friend of ours. Indigenous is a term that we heard, you know, kind of an ally. Phil is our head coach, and our, the challenges with Phil is he's, uh, he's so successful that, uh, you know, he's with the Seawolves, the Sevens, now he's coaching the national team and the Pride at the Canadian Development Academy, so it's great for him. And we're going to have him coaching us, our head coach, next week at uh, Shawangan Lake. So we're looking forward to that. And I'm uh, off to meet Phil uh, later today to chat and catch up. And, uh, you know, he'll be busy coaching at uh, the Centre of Excellence for Rugby Canada. Bobby Ross says, you know, is uh, you know, phenomenal player, phenomenal athlete, good fisherman. Um, he's not as good as he thinks he is, I don't think, though. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he joins us uh, when when he can. He's quite busy, young family, and he's led a few kicking sessions for us. But he's primarily on our board um, as uh, you know, an advisor, and he, and he keeps us, uh, you know, those guys, we, you know, and Leah as well, kind of keep us on the right path. Awesome. So John, what are some of the positive things that have been happening with the Thunder Rugby this year? Well, you know, as you know, it's been a bit of a crazy year with uh, the pandemic. So we haven't had the opportunity to, uh, you know, to kick the balls around. We were in Prince Rupert last month and had a great time. At Prince Rupert's on the northwest coast here in BC. You know, we had over 60 kid, kids out and even a couple of our coaches got to play in the, you know, the big grudge match, the Terrace uh, Northman and the Prince Rupert team. And so that was a lot of fun. Uh, next week, we're off on a, on a five-day BC tour. We're going through uh, uh, Shawnigan Lake, uh, North Vancouver, Capilanos, Abbotsford, Kamloops, and then Prince George. Often, we've had summer camps in the summer, but we, you know, once again, with the pandemics, we can't have these, uh, res you know, state residential, what do you want, camps. So 
we're going to hit the road and have some fun. Our goal is, A, is to have some fun and promote the game. And we're looking to go down to New Zealand in October of 2022. Uh, Clay Panga, one of our coaches, a great guy of Maori descent, is going to be our host and in New Zealand. And we're going down there and have some uh, kind of a cultural learning rugby tour as well as support our Canadian women at the World Cup. That's absolutely I just need amazing. to make sure my boss is okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's your boss? Uh, like you, uh, Jimmy, I work in the school system. I'm, I'm a vice principal uh, in a secondary school. Well, you're pretty high up. I'm sure you can make things work out there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> get it on letterhead. That's, uh, <laughs> there you go. So that's what Tommy Woods taught me. If you're going somewhere with rugby, make sure you got a letter, something on letterhead. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned a little bit Shawnigan there. So I, I, I've seen things on social media where you kind of partner a little bit with Shawnigan Lake School. What is yeah, this? They're a great this... partner. Of, they've been a great partner of us. They've supported us from the get-go. I think our first camp now was 2014. So we started probably in the fall of 2013, like about eight years ago now. And we, we had our first Thunder camp in the summer of 2014. We were kind of, you know, um, you know, building the plane as it was flying. So we were learning on the go. Like all rugby throughout, you know, the country, you know, we're all volunteers. So we're doing our best. Um, but Shawnigan has hosted us, been great hosts. Uh, we've had six camps at Shawnigan where the kids come from all over BC and, and actually the country as well. And we stay there for up to three to four nights. We get amazing hospitality. We get to use our facilities. And, um, you know, it's a sponsored program. So a lot of our kids, uh, you, know, can, you know, are able to afford it and be able to attend. And, you know, for some kids, you know, it's such a beautiful place, kind of. You know, it's, uh, it's it's really impactful. That's 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 really great stuff. What would you like? You you guys are toying around right now, trying to get people interested. What are you telling them? Like, what what's your driving feature? What's your selling feature to get more Indigenous children, more Indigenous kids playing rugby? Well, it's a good question. You know, when I first started, when we first started this, I was focused on, you know, the eighty minutes of fifteen aside or the fourteen minutes of seven aside rugby. You know, it's kind of kind of promoting that sort of exhilaration, that aggressive nature of the game that our kids like, that brotherhood or sisterhood that you you get when you, you know, you're in the trenches with your teammates. And I was talking to um, a guy from Seattle, and he, he's doing a lot of the similar things that we're doing, and he's approaching the the Black communities, Latino communities, the Indigenous communities. And, you know, I really like what he had to say. He said, you know, like what Carl Fix says, you know, with rugby's a, it's a way of life. You know, if you want to join that, uh, that, uh, that family, um, you'll, you know, you'll, everyone will always have your back. Um, uh, you rarely ever see, or if ever, uh, a homeless or unemployed rugby player. Um, so, you know, if you want to join in with our, and as you probably know, Jamie, you're, you've been at this a long time as well. It's a great big family, you know, uh, you know, as we know, I, when I was at the university, we're going on tours and I run into players 20 years later, and you know, we're just slapping each other's backs and having a great old time on the side, you know, on the sidewalk. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, it's much more than just, uh, you know, that, uh, that, you know, those, you know, passionate, exciting times on the field, but it, it really, it truly is a way of life. And, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I've been very fortunate to make a lot of friends and, you know, travel to quite a few countries and, uh, you know, because of rugby. So it's bettered my life. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful sentiment for sure. Yeah. John with the indigenous people in BC right now with, 
all the horrors of the residential schools the, and everything that just keeps coming up and how that still haunts the communities. Can rugby help facilitate a way for peace and reconciliation, much like you mentioned the Morai All Blacks and the Indigenous yeah. in Australia and Fijians and stuff like that? Can, can rugby have some type of impact to help foster uh, better relationships and a way to move forward? Yeah, I, I think so. It's obviously, you know, um, you know, it's been a pretty devastating few months. Uh, um, and, you know, I, you know, I feel for all our peoples and our communities across this country. You know, my mother and all my aunts and uncles went uh, to residential schools. So it's been, a, you know, it's a real personal matter to myself. Um, you know, my uncle Alex, who, uh, you know, who's a, a soccer legend out here, you know, he, he said some words that says, you know, as we mourn together, we heal together. And only and he and I, you know, that really uh, impacted me. And I thought uh, I, I kind of I really liked that that sentiment. So that that's something that guides me. And you know, uh, you know, healthy activities and healthy living and and uh, you know, friendships. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they're the the all all two answer, but they certainly can't help or can't hurt. That's fair. What can what can people do? So I'm out in New Brunswick. I'm the uh, the other end of the country. What can I do? Or what can others do to help support Thunder Indigenous Rugby? So I, I, I can make a couple of plugs here. We are at the moment. Uh, <laughs> we are at the moment uh, fundraising. We through the Canadian Rugby Foundation. Our goal is to raise a, a million dollars. Uh, Mike Holmes, the president of the foundation, and, and some and some generous uh, benefactors have agreed to uh, match dollar for dollar to five hundred thousand. Wow. And so what Mike has said is really he doesn't want to fundraise for one tour. He wants to fundraise for perpetual tours. So the simple goal is if you got to a million dollars, you know, on a 4%, you know, if you get some calculator out there, it's for $40,000 a year or $80,000 every two years. And we'd be um, looking to tour with our Thunder Indigenous youth, um, you know, from, from now on. Our first one we hope to be is in October, 2022. And, We've already kind of, you know, having some fun talking to some of our friends out here, uh, you know, some of our um, Samoan and Fijian brothers, well, perhaps going to Samoa and uh, Fiji down the road. Nice. So that's our big goal, um, you know, is uh, we're on a fundraising drive. We've got incredible support so far. Uh, but, you know, obviously uh, every, uh, every dollar helps and uh, anything would be greatly appreciated. That's awesome. So if somebody does have a check and they want to send it to you, how do they, they just go on your website and, yeah, the best bet would be to go to Canadian Rugby Foundation. You can look that up or thunderrugby.ca. Okay. Either of those, uh, uh, you know, web pages will kind of direct you on how to do so. Or they yeah. can get a hold of me and we can let, you know, we can let them know. So what about... They get uh, tax receipts for that as well. Uh, you need that, right? You need that nowadays, yeah. right? So what about um, age levels? Like, what are your age levels? What's, what are your demographics? Do you have a lot of boys, a lot of girls? Yeah, we uh, we have we have you know we have both teams. We looked for instance for New Zealand. We're bringing down a kind of a uh, sixteen to eight year old demographic to uh, to New Zealand of, of of boys team and girls team. Probably 12, 12 boys, twelve girls. Um, you know, we went to Prince Rupert. And, you know, sometimes you're always learning on the fly. We, when we went to Prince Rupert, we uh, you know I originally tried to promote it as a um, you know once again that sort of 14, 18 year old. That's who we're looking for. But, um, you know, we ended up having 60 kids and half of them were under the age of 10. We had the best time of our lives. 
It's cool. And so, uh, you know, I think we're going to say all ages are welcome. Um, genders, obviously. And, uh, you know, as long as we know about it, we can plan. We have enough coaches and support, you know, we'll just mix them up. We'll, you know, we'll make things too difficult for the younger kids over there and the little older kids over there and have some fun. And we've had a few um, graduates of our team as well. So we have been entering, uh, you know, when, when the sevens uh, summer circle was going, we, we generally have been entering uh, men's teams and women's teams into these tournaments as well. Uh, Crosby Stewart uh, is an example. He's a Kitsan Niska member, a BC player uh, who's just down with the Houston Sabercats. He's one of our, uh, he's one of our enthusiastic. He's our sevens captain. He's a, he's a great young player. And so we have a lot of uh, players that have sort of gone through the program when we just said to ourselves, well, let's just keep, keep, keep the ball rolling. Absolutely. And how long was it since it's, uh, since you've played? Uh, <laughs> Well, I've been playing with a group over here called the Ebb Tide, which is uh, an old boys team. Nice. So, you know, um, that's always great to get out there and, and have some fun with the boys. So I think the last time I played with them may have been, um, man, well, I guess it's getting pretty, maybe uh, 18 months ago, right before the, uh, you know, the pandemic. So I like to get out with those guys and have some fun. I probably should uh, attend more uh, training sessions than I do, but, you know, <laughs> I've been a front rower, so you know, you know, front rowers and uh, training sessions, you know, sometimes they don't <laughs> go hand in hand. No. <laughs> hey, John, any any good club stories you can tell us about Thunder Indigenous rugby? Like something that when people are listening, it just it speaks rugby to them. If you have to yeah, think a second, um, I can edit here too. So, all right, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. We had a great time. Uh, as I said, well, we had a great time last week. It was one of our, you know, when we went to Prince Rupert. I think his name was two weeks ago. Uh, Crosby was born in Prince Rupert and uh, Clay Panga, you know, I think he has eight caps for the national team. And so we were there all day coaching, uh, they're coaching the kids and, um, and got to get in there. And, um, and uh, I think they got uh, 20 minutes with the Prince Rupert team against it, you know, a very good terrorist team. So it was just um, not a very funny story, but it was great to see, uh, you know, what was going on and, and some of the stuff And Crosby had a lot of family up there, you know, Hey, Cros, we were here in a few times. And, um, and that was great to see, you know, um, uh, that kind of, you know, that type of, uh, the, the Prince River team just brought us in, had, you know, had a great time. And it's, and it speaks to the community itself where, you know, here's this young lad who's now playing in the MLR and he's coming back, giving back. And, and that's kind of what it's yeah. all about. Right. So yeah, Jason and the guys are doing a great job up there. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, John has been, it's been a lot of fun, learned a lot. And I, I wish you and the Thunder Indigenous program lots of success. And I can't wait. I know 2022 is a long ways away and you're probably yeah. more excited than me, but I can't wait for you guys and girls to get down to New Zealand and take all that action. And that'll be, that'll be pretty amazing for all of you. Sure. Yeah, so our Thunder cheer I'll leave you with is, uh, is a Namwayat Kwankwalala. And so that's, uh, we are all one Thunder. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Okay. Thanks very much, John. You have yourself a great day. You too. Thanks a lot. Great stuff, John. Man, what a great conversation. Appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, you're very busy. You stopped and pulled over on the side of the road, I think, to have a conversation with me. So it was enjoyable. I learned a lot and uh, just love your passion and your dedication for the game. It's, uh, it was great, great conversation. So proud to be uh, have you as one of my guests. Coming soon, we've got Josh Larson. He'll be coming up next. He's uh, getting he's in Newfoundland right now, getting geared up for the USA Canada qualifier, followed by Connor Keys. He and I are going to be talking, I think, after the game, so that one will be coming up soon. 
Uh, Harry Jones and some men's sevens. We're going to be talking hopefully before that Canada seven series at Commonwealth Stadium. And Alicia Lyra, she's kind of dropped off the map. So if anybody has a plug on her, you can send her a note and let her know Jamie's still trying to get in talk with her again. Uh, lastly, thank you, listeners. Keep spreading the good word. We were going to th- say thanks to Ryan for helping supply us with our tunes. Uh, and I, I said a little heartfelt piece I get about our uh, Indigenous people in residential schools. And I, I, I do. I, I hope and pray that these things get resolved and that Canada can heal and grow as a full nation. Everybody from our First Nations people to our white people to our people of minority, the BIPOC, everybody can come together and find a solution to move forward as a nation. Uh, and we heal together based off of hurting together. And I think that just sums up kind of what John said. And it was, it was great words, very wise words. Until next time, this has been a blast. It's Jamie. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane, and most importantly, keep on rocking. <laughs>